Open your Bibles now to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17 tonight. I'm going to ask if you'd you stand me for a word of prayer as we begin our study. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight. We're thankful for this opportunity. We praise you for this opportunity. We're thankful that we can come and we can fix our eyes upon you, that we can hear your voice through your word tonight. I, I pray that it would not be a normal hour tonight, not a normal meeting that we would plod through or make our way through, but I, I pray it would truly be supernatural and that, that you've told us not to forsake the gathering together of the saints, as is the practice of some, and all the more as the day draws near. Lord, I, I pray again tonight that you teach us, that you lead us, that you encourage us, that we're wise, that we're, we hear, that we're instructed. And I pray the fruit of that is that you are known, that you are blessed, that you are pleased, and that your glory is lifted up. Lord, again, we just praise you tonight. We praise, we study, uh, that you would open our ears, our hearts, and our minds, and you would speak to us. And I, again, pray the fruit would bring glory to you. We, we love you, Lord. We trust you. We praise you. We worship you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Tonight, we're going to start back in our study of Proverbs. We started, we went about halfway through. We're in chapter 17, and we had a pretty good gap. Uh, but before we jump back in tonight, I want to again set the guideposts for our study. Sometimes you wonder, well, why are we doing this? Uh, especially as what we had gone through seems very repetitive. Why are we going through this? Uh, what is the point of this? And so I want to set the guideposts for our study. Tonight, we know... And, and we are sure that this is God's Word. The Bible is God's Word. We know that. We are sure of that. Uh, this morning we saw that happy, delighted, is the person that constantly, consistently spends time in God's Word. This is God's Word. We saw in our message this morning, happy, delighted is the person that consistently, uh, constantly spends time in God's Word. So this is God's word. So therefore, these verses in Proverbs, where we are gleaning our wisdom, these verses are God's wisdom. And so I want you to understand and see again how big that is, how profound that is. The one possessing all wisdom, the one that is perfect in wisdom, not missing a single piece, the one that is infinite in wisdom is giving us his wisdom in his word. That's, that's a profound thing. That's a huge thing. The one that is perfect in wisdom is giving us his wisdom through his word. And being consistent and constant in it will result in happiness. Now, I want to think about that for just a second. Most of life's problems, now I thought about this, there are some problems that do not match up with this, but most of life's problems are caused by either not possessing God's wisdom or not obeying, not operating in God's wisdom. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. If you do not know how God says to handle your finances, now you could pick any subject, any of them will work, but if you do not know how God says to handle your finances, or if you do know, but you do not care what God has said about your finances, either way, you will suffer in the handling of your finances. 
And so understand, the starting place is God's Word. It doesn't matter the subject. could be your marriage. could be how to raise kids. could be how to interact with other folks. But the starting place for us as followers of Christ is in God's Word. And let me tell you something. I never heard that as a young man. As a young man, the Proverbs were sayings that people love, maybe sayings that people quoted, but they were really disconnected from daily life. And someone would say, well, the Proverbs 31 woman, we're going to do that on Mother's Day, but it was disconnected from daily life. Or, or this proverb, somebody would say that in a certain situation, but it really meant very little to me in daily life. Well, understand tonight this is the starting place. This is where we gain wisdom that we might obey God's wisdom, walk in his wisdom, and be happy and blessed in our life. So with that, we go back to our study. Now, I want to just go ahead and say this. Is it flashy? No. I'd rather preach through John again. Is, is it exciting? Really? I'll just be honest with you. No. Will it result in happiness? and delight in your life. That's what God has promised. That's what God has promised. And so here we go back to our study. We're in chapter 17. We left off with verse 7, however long ago that was. Tonight we stop back, start back in verse 8. All right, let's go verse by verse looking through, through this chapter. All right, verse 8 says this. A bribe is a charm in the sight of its owner. Wherever he turns, he prospers. Let me read that again. A bribe is a charm in the sight of its owner. Wherever he turns, he prospers. Now, verse 8 is an observation. It's an interesting proverb, an interesting verse, because it is an observation. It's not a call to do it. Rather, it is an observation. A bribe brings favor. That's what the verse says. It brings success. A bribe opens doors. The person that sees it, it's a charm to them. It brings success. The person that uses a bribe sees that. It's a lot like Pfizer when they give money to the government. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. It opens doors. It starts a pandemic. Now, let me, that's a joke. I mean, let me, uh, let me tell you a couple things. It says a bribe brings success. It doesn't say use one. It doesn't say anything about it. It says the truth is, the observation is a bribe brings success. Well, the Bible tells us, the Bible warns us about unjust gains. And so that figures in. The Bible talks to us about true success. And so that figures in. And so it's an observation. A bribe seems to bring success. All right, that's verse 8. We're going to move to another set of verses. The next section of verses talks about dealing with people. Let me just tell you, I like practical. I like it to be plain and clear. This is what it says. This is what you do. The next section of verses talks about getting along with people. Now, if you look at the verses, it actually talks to us about reading people, understanding people. It's important to know who you're dealing with. It's important to know what they're like. And so it talks about getting along with people, but if you look at it, it actually is telling us about understanding people, reading people. 
In the first part of this section, it talks about, tells us about correct behavior. We're going to see that. Here's the correct behavior. It also warns us of those to notice, and all the way through it, people to mark, and let me just say this, and really to avoid. It tells us people to avoid. Now, let me say this to you. To enjoy life and to be happy and delightful in life, there are people to avoid in life. There are people to keep your distance from. Now, you hear that, say, well, that doesn't sound very Christian. That doesn't sound very Christ-like. Well, I'll just tell you, this is God's word. This is what he says. If you're going to have a delightful life, there are some people that you ought to avoid in the course of life. Here's an example. Watch this, verse 9. He who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. This is very deep. He who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. Now, a transgression is a sin. It is a sin against here somebody else. It says he who conceals a transgression seeks love. Now, what that means is somebody has done wrong. Somebody has sinned against somebody. Somebody has hurt somebody in their actions. And this person, moving in godly wisdom, operates in grace, operates in forgiveness, operates in love, seeks the best, and here's what it says, they do not stir things up. They don't get loud. They don't force the issue. They don't make sure that everybody knows there's a problem. Somebody's been hurt and somebody did something wrong and they don't say, you know what, I need to let everybody know what has happened. Now I want you to see this. They don't deny the issue. They just seek peace in dealing with it. Now watch this. But he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. This person they tell everybody. They stir the pot. They walk in, and if there's calm, they, they instantly stir up chaos. And if Joe had a problem with Bill, this person goes, and they slander, and they gossip, and they repeat, and they divide. So that Fred will now have a problem with Bill. And Larry will have a problem with Bill. And Jake is now leery and scared of Bill. And people that weren't even in the issue are now separated by what they've heard. Think about that for a second. Isn't that what people do? They got to get everybody on their side. They come in, you're not involved, has nothing to do with you. And they got to get you to take a side. And they got to get you to pull in and hear what they've got to say. And they got to group everybody up. And the result is not love, but division. A person that does this, that builds a camp, that escalates an issue, and that divides people, they are not, now listen, this is the Old and New Testament both, they are not of God. They are not led of God. In fact, the Bible says that is of Satan, that's what Satan does. 
Pull everybody to a group. Make everybody know your side. Instead of having love and peace, there is division as a result. All right, verse 10. A rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. A rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows into a fool. Now, a rebuke is a word of correction, and I'll just tell you, it is hard by nature. Let me, let me tell you something. Let's go ahead and just, just be honest here. Being wrong is hard. Being shown that you are wrong is very hard. We don't like it. Being shown that somebody that you are wrong is very hard. Yet, here's the truth. We are all wrong at times. Do you know that? You're wrong at times. I want to do something tonight. I want you to say right now, I am wrong at times. I think there's some folks that can't say that. I, I don't know. I, you don't know how I was raised. It's my dad or my environment or somebody. We need to be able to say, I am wrong at times. I have great intents. I have bad intents. And I am wrong at times. Everybody should say that. Some of you twice. All right. But notice this. Notice the response. If you go to that person, and it's hard being wrong, it's hard messing up, and it's hard being confronted with that. But if you go to a person and you say, you know what, here's the problem, and they listen, and they're broken, and it hurts. It hurts to be wrong. And they seek a remedy. How do we fix this? They repent. They seek understanding. Well, tell me what you mean. The Bible says that person is an understanding person that's operating in godly wisdom. I want you to hear the flip side of that. But if you find a person and they won't hear it, they won't hear it. In fact, they'll hardly listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. And their answer is to begin to make a case. Well, you start to say something, they don't even hear what you've said, and they start making the case. And then their answer is to point out where you're wrong and you don't think and you don't understand. It is like a fool. The Bible says you can hit them with 100 blows, and as you hit them with 100 blows, they are more obstinate, they are more right, they're not listening, and there is no resolution. So here's the call of the verse. Watch out for people you can't deal with. If you can't talk, and if you can't be rational with a person, you're likely dealing with a stubborn fool, and you need to mark them. You need to be aware of that person. The truth is this, I've learned this. You cannot deal rationally with irrational people. And you'll, you'll waste a whole lot of time and you'll lose a whole lot of sleep trying to, trying to make them to see or to understand. And you cannot deal rationally with irrational people. Mark a person that you can't deal with. Verse 11. Wow, talk about practical. A rebellious man seeks only evil. So a cruel messenger will be sent against him. A rebellious man seeks only evil. So a cruel messenger will be sent against him. A person, this is the person that seeks evil. They rebel against everything. You ever met a person that rebels against everything? It's hot outside. No, it's not. It's summertime. It's August. No, it's not. It's not summer. They rebel against everything. 
the, the translation is a wild man, a wild person. It, it, you're going to get hit by a car if you go out in the street. No, I'm not. They're a wild person. They have no concern for what's right or wrong. In fact, they love the wrong. And here's what the Bible says. For that person, trouble is coming. It says a cruel messenger, a messenger of pain is coming. Trouble and pain and hardship will be the result. The book of Galatians, it says, as you sow, so shall you also reap. It does not go unanswered. And if you rebel against everything, if you march into evil and you love doing the wrong thing, trouble is coming, trouble is coming. All right, verse 12. <laughs> Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Here's the weird thing. As I go through these verses, don't you start to picture people. I hope it's not me, but you start to picture people. I know this person. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Now, what is a fool in their folly? A fool in their folly is this. It is a wrong-minded person. It is an obstinate person. In their folly, it is a person that cannot accept criticism. And then here, wow, here it is. It is a dumb person. That's what fool actually translates. We've seen that in our study. A fool is a person that knows better and does the wrong thing anyway. They know the answer, but they think they have a better answer. That is a dumb person. They will not listen. Here's what the Bible says in verse 12. Those people are not funny. Those people are dangerous. Those people are dangerous. And you'd have better luck going into a bear's den and inside there is a big, mad, 700-pound grizzly bear and you'd have better luck stealing her cubs than dealing with a fool in their folly. They are a dangerous, dangerous person. Now, here's what I've noticed in dealing with these people. Now, now watch this. Here's what I've noticed in dealing with these people. You think they'll get it. They're going to get it. They're going to understand it. You think that you'll explain it, and they'll get it. You'll think they'll see the best in you, and after they talk to you, they'll say, well, you know what? They're not a bad person. They didn't have a bad intent. Maybe we just misunderstood the whole thing. You think they'll see the best in you. You think they'll see the best in the situation, and you have high hopes. You think they're going to get it. You would. That's what you think. And so you go and you deal with them, and you walk out, and you get in your car, and you look up in the mirror, and your ear is missing, and your eye's been ripped out, and your shirt's ripped off, and you can barely sit up in the seat, and there's blood and dirt all over you, and you got claw marks all over your back. You may not believe this, but I keep an extra shirt at work just for this reason. They'll get it. They'll get it. It'll be peace. We'll explain it. It'll work out. And all, you come out and your ears off and your hair's ripped off and you got a limp and you barely drag your way to the car. The Bible says, listen, mark those people. They are dangerous people. 
You cannot deal with those people. Here's what the word of God says. And if you do, you will lose. Go wrestle a bear. Be better off for you. That's pretty, pretty stark. You will lose. Mark those people. Verse 13. He who returns evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. He who returns evil for good, evil will not depart from his house. Now, this is really talking about really all of it, but this is for sure an issue of the heart. There is a person, and they respond to another person or to a situation with grace, and this person won't reciprocate. There's a person, and they act in mercy, and this other person will not do likewise. There's a person and they act in love and this other person won't have it. They've, they've got to keep it up. They've got to move forward and they move forward in hate and anger. I want you to see this and I believe it's true. Think about these words. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, and love. I want you to think about those words. Mercy, grace, forgiveness, and love all result in de-escalation. All result in a stepping down or a toning down. And if you find heated enemies and maybe they've been violent enemies and they've been long-term enemies and they are mad and one person truly forgives and the other shows grace and the other goes and matches that and they show love. The situation begins to de-escalate, to calm down. That's what a Christian rest restoration looks like, except for this person because they will not respond in kind. They repay good with evil. You come and you show mercy and grace and love and, and they respond with evil. Here's what the Bible says. Evil will not depart from their house. Evil and sin and hatred and trouble and chaos. You watch people's homes it will be found in their house. It'll be the fruit of their lives. It'll be the condition of their homes. Be aware of those people. Mark those people. See those people. Now, I was working through this. Now, I want to go ahead and I need to say this. Or maybe that's you. In fact, it could be any of these. Maybe that's you. If that's you, here's what you do. You repent. And you get right with Jesus Christ. And you ask him to forgive you. And you ask him to change your heart, and he will. And then you walk in the example of Jesus Christ. All right, verse 14. The beginning of strife is like letting out water. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. The beginning of strife is like letting out water, so abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. Now, here's my saying, and, and it's, it proves true. I've seen it, but the sad thing is I've proven it to be true. Here's my saying. Crazy always escalates. You ever notice that? Crazy always escalates. 
And if there's a little crazy, it's going to be more crazy. Crazy always escalates. The verse says the beginning of strife. The beginning, the word means conflict. The beginning of conflict. I'm going to say something to them. I've earned that. I, I, I'm going to say a little something. You ever, you ever notice that's how it starts? Uh, I'm going to say something. I, what I'm going to do, I'm going to say something. I'm, I'm going to do something. A little bit. You know what? They don't get away with this. I, I got to do something. I, I, I've got to show them. I got to show them. Just a little bit. I, I got to do something. In the beginning of strife, now I want you to think about this. You ever break a faucet in your house, and maybe it's the kitchen sink, maybe it's a bathroom somewhere, and it starts off and you think, oh, I'll just tighten that, and you twist it, and poof, something shoots out. And it's always a little bit of a, just a spring going that way, not a big deal, except all of a sudden it's running down the counter, and it's going down the deal, and there it's on the new floor, and it's already starting to buckle up, and you say, I'll get a cup, and you get a cup, and that's not big enough, and you get a bowl, and someone get a bowl, and you yell at the kids, get a bowl, and they say, get a towel, and you get a towel, and you get there, and you got your hands on it, and your foot on it like this, and it's coming out, and it's going over these places, and you know, oh, $10,000, here's what that's going to be, and then it's coming, and it's coming, and it's coming, and you just throw everything down, and you run away. The Bible says that's how conflict is. That's how strife is. I'm going to say me a little something. I may say it in my breath, but I'm going to say something. And, and you go like this. And, then, and it goes like this. And it always escalates. Well, here's the wise advice of God. His words. Abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. Abandon means leave it. Stop it. I think, well, this is for my kids. It's probably way more for me. Don't say one more thing. I got to say one more thing. They said two. Don't make your point. I got to make a point. My point's right. In fact, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Stop it before it breaks out. The word of God, here it comes. Stop, abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. There was a kid's song from several years ago. It drove us all crazy. It said this, let it go. Let it go, let it go. I hate that song. Let it go. Here's the deal. Let it go. Let it go. It will always escalate. You won't say that one thing and it stop at that because they'll say something as you're out the door and then you got to come back and say another thing. It will always escalate. Crazy always escalates. We're going to stop there. Here's the deal tonight. So now in God's grace, we possess God's wisdom. That's what this is. We will be happy and have delightful lives if we will now obey it and practice it. Here's his wisdom. We can obey it and we can practice it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come and we're thankful for your truth. And I'm thankful for these verses that you just make plain. And I laugh and think about other folks and think about situations and most of it pertains to me. And I pray, Lord, that I would be wise and I would be quiet and I would be calm and I would be a peacemaker. That I would consider you and your truth and your name in every response and in every action. That I would know it's going to escalate and not for any good thing. 
I pray that I would be mindful of that. I pray we'd be shaped in this tonight. And then I, I pray for those that have to deal with people like this. I pray that we'd be gracious. You don't give us an excuse not to be. I pray we'd be kind. I pray that in our response, they would see you. And then I pray for those obstinate people. I pray, Lord, if they don't know Jesus, that they would meet you. They would know you. They would turn to you. I pray, Lord, that they would find peace and delight, not strife and division. We hold them up to you. Lord, we, we pray that you would work in their life. And then, Lord, we thank you for this Lord's Day that we got to see you and hear from you and end by being instructed by you. Lord, I pray that we go home in peace. We sleep in happiness. We live tomorrow in delight because you are gracious and you are kind and you are forgiving. You are our Lord. Lord, I pray as we end this service, I pray for, for us as we consider this. I pray, Lord, that it would bear fruit, bear an impact. I pray for some and maybe several that do not know you. I pray that tonight they would turn to you and they would trust you. We give you this time and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna close with a time of response, a time of invitation. And maybe your response tonight is just to think about God's word, to just say, you know what, I, I submit to God's word. And I want to be shaped by God's word. But I want to tell you, maybe your response is to say, you know what, these things are so counter to the world because they're not of the world. And we have a Savior that came for sinners that live in this world. And maybe your response tonight, maybe you're listening in some other means, maybe your response tonight is to say, you know what, I want to turn to Jesus. I want to trust Jesus and in Him be saved, forgiven, renewed, restored, and find peace not based upon our works or anything we do. Maybe your response tonight is to trust Jesus. Trust him tonight. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. If God has spoken to you, respond in kind. If you need more information, you come. Let's settle it up here. Maybe you want to come and ask a question. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar or pray with me. So we stand and sing. If God has spoken to you, you step out and you come on. I'll meet you here. <laughs>